0: Good morning, Selwyn Avenue Presbyterian Church, and welcome to our Faith Lab. Um, On this Thursday, we're here um, to talk and to dive into authentic conversations that surround topics of faith and scripture and church community and our daily living together. My name is Margot Richardson. I'm Selwyn's director for Youth and Young Adults. And this morning, we're continuing our discussion on the Gospel of Mark. As a church community, we're currently working through a sermon series called Walking with Jesus, where we're going through the gospel. And each week, you can tune in on Thursday afternoons to hear Selwyn's staff discuss the text that will be preached um, the following Sunday. This week, we're going to take a closer look at the theme of temptation We're going to be diving into that theme through looking at the story of the temptation of Jesus. So we're going to be looking closely at Mark chapter 1, verse 12 to 28 this morning. And we're going to have Lisa start us off by reading our text.
1: Good morning. Uh, I will be reading uh, the Gospel of Mark chapter 1, verses 12 through 28. Listen now for the word of the Lord. And... The Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now, after John the Baptist was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed Jesus. They went to Capernaum and when the Sabbath came he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit And he cried out, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying with a loud voice came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, what is this? a new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once, his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, Lisa. I think that as we kind of dive into this text, it's important for us to remember how we got to where we are, how we got to the wilderness. Last week on uh, Thursday, the seventh of January, we started this series and we talked about Jesus's baptism. And so this text comes after that. If you want to go refresh yourself on what happened, so Jesus is, is wet off his baptism. Jesus has just been baptized and now finds himself in the wilderness. Lord, you want to speak a bit to more about this journey that Jesus is on, how he's how he's where he is.
2: Well, particularly in the Gospel of Mark, uh, the author doesn't waste any time. So as soon as Jesus is baptized, he is driven out into the wilderness, possessed by the Holy Spirit, and then driven out uh, into the wilderness, into isolation, uh, into real human trial. And so we have to ask ourselves ourselves, how we can be blessed by God one minute and then feel ourselves completely at risk or in a dangerous territory the next. And I'd be curious to hear what you all think, but haven't we all felt that way over these last 10 or 11 months? And so this text has a lot of relevance for us not only in terms of the isolation we've all felt, but there's also been a lot of danger in our nation um, in the last week or so. And so we're confronting what violence means in our nation and and what Jesus might have to tell us about navigating um, rocky roads and barren lands. I think it's
3: interesting, this is Nancy, Children's Minister, um, I think it's interesting to to think about the fact that we just came off a joyous time at Christmas. We're into the new year. <clears throat> and for many of us, we are overwhelmed and um, just sliding into it, confused and clouded mind. And then <clears throat> all this uh, stuff that we're seeing going on in our country right now, I think we could not as bad as what Jesus is going through but draw some parallels with our life and you know coming out of the the happy baptism feeling of christmas and advent and being together and knowing that <clears throat> we're now going into a new year and we have worries and concerns about the virus and hows that how are things going to pan out and we have that isolation um after the happiness and then The isolation of things we're seeing tempt us to act in maybe not healthy ways.
1: I would even, this is Lisa, I would even take that maybe even on a smaller scale. Um, Yes, there are definitely seasons, right? Like Christmas, and now we sort of find ourselves in the, the new year. But I think sort of like maybe even in the same day, Mark's gospel doesn't tell us, but one moment God's spirit has descended like a dove on the baptism, and there's, you know, as Lori described it, Jesus has been blessed by God, and then the next minute, God's spirit has driven him into the wilderness. I mean, that's two sentences back to back, and I know sometimes my days certainly feel like that. One moment, I'm feeling so blessed because I've heard good news, maybe from one of our church members, something good that's happened with them, Um, and then the very next moment, There's a feeling of just isolation and desperation and sadness and grief and overwhelmed about what are we gonna do about this situation or this particular instance? And so it's not even a season often, it's moment to moment every day in this time we're in.
2: Thank you for that, Lisa. This is Lori again. If you go back and look at the text, it is so quick. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, He was with wild beasts and the angels waited on him. So the most hopeful part, of course, is that last little phrase and the angels waited on him. And so even in those moments of complete isolation and terror, we know that somehow God provides. And so I'd be curious what you all might say about how you have felt God's Presence or providence or sustenance in the midst of your wilderness, whether it's moments or or weeks or days or months. I know some people listening are just about to lose their marbles um, over this pandemic. But what sustains us in those moments, especially now?
0: Yeah, I think I think especially now, right, especially now in a time where violence and power are flooding our nation. Have been flooding our nation, and um, and that's that's not considering isolation that we've all that every single one of us has been feeling in some shape or fashion. And I think the thing that sustains me in the in in my times of wilderness um, is 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 true. It's church, and that's a simple way but the thing about church is it's the way that the times in our lives are able to breathe new ways into scripture or scripture is able to breathe new new ideas and new concepts into into these seasons of wilderness and into these times where we're feeling trauma and we're feeling flooded and we're feeling overwhelmed and we're feeling lonely um and so for me that's that's re- that's really taking a hard amount of time to remember jesus and to remember the ways that um jesus resists I mean, more so this this story, the way Jesus res, res, uh, resists temptation. I think it's easy for me in these times to think about the type of Jesus that I want or that I need during my times of wilderness. <laughs> and then I'm somehow in life, because God has a sense of humor, reminded that I'm not given the Jesus that I can customize and that I need for myself. But then I'm given the Jesus that I need, the Jesus that... Picked up his cross and said, "Pick up yours." The Jesus that died and suffered for me, um, the Jesus that knows what I need even before I do. Uh, the Jesus that resists temptation, um, pushes me into un- uncomfortable places to to really deal with with the things, with the power dynamic, and with the with the struggle and the pain that we're seeing across our nation. This is. This is a savior that that shows up and and proclaims through word and through deed um, and and those th- that way that Jesus that I have to remind myself of, not my customizable Jesus that I need in my in my like deepest moment of wilderness um, that Jesus shows up and sustains me in the wilderness in really, really funny ways, um, I think working in the church that's Um, when I find myself in situations of fellowship or conversation that I would have never imagined (laughs) Um, or when I find someone reaching out quite randomly um, and, oh, I really needed to hear that today.
2: Um, Margo, you're talking about like the Jesus you need, not the one you want. And we should be remembering when we hear this story of wilderness with Jesus, um, we should be remembering Israel uh, wandering through the wilderness and, and being sustained with manna, you know, and also my, my very favorite story in the old Testament is the story of Elijah who had murdered a man, had really, had really encountered a lot of violence and power uh, in his life as a prophet and fled out to the wilderness, had just given up, like was ready to die. Um, Please God, just take me now. I can't take it anymore. Curled up under a broom tree to die. And you know, woke up the next day and here's some angel saying, take, eat, drink, keep moving. And there was a jar of water and some sort of angel food beside his head. And I don't think the jar was full of whiskey, you know, it was full of water. And so when we talk about temptation, um, it's important to know that that typically comes after we're very isolated, after we've separated ourselves from God and the people that we know will keep us safe and engaged and, and connected, um, it, you know, an, a way to think about what hell is, it's just separation from God.
1: Lori, I like that, um. You know, when we we think about being out in the wilderness and and what sustains us, um, you know, sometimes it is just those simple, basic things of of self care, of taking time to sleep and to drink water and to to care for ourselves. And you know, I, I think we're we attract a, a group of people who are. A types and go getters, oftentimes, and who have a hard time giving themselves the grace they would want others to give them. And, um, you know, throughout many days during this pandemic, I too have wanted to lay under that tree with Elijah and just check out for a little while. And, you know, sometimes the little things that sustain me are reading a prayer someone else has written, right? A A book of prayers, just reading someone else's. a a prayer someone else has written or taking a walk and feeling the warmth of the sunshine on, on my neck. And, and remembering that God makes the sun to shine on the righteous and the unrighteous. Um, and just remembering that, you know, the wilderness season is real, but God's provision is too, and that God is there to, to care for us and walk with us. Um, through those times,
3: I think for me, what is sustaining me right now is um, my Bible study ladies and having prayer time and having um, and knowing that just like the angels are messengers of love, that we can be that for each other. We can hold each other accountable, but we can also sustain each other with our prayers for each other.
2: I don't think we can underestimate why Jesus had been driven out into the wilderness. So, you know, that you, that the word um, to drive out in Greek is it's the same one that Mark uses at the end of this story when Jesus is driving out the demon um, from the duties healing, you know, so Jesus has been driven out into the wilderness to confront evil to You know, that we have a God that would be on the ground uh, to engage human turmoil and violence and evil um, with us, confront it, engage it, uh, and refuse to leave us to stare it down on our, on our own. And that's a profound theological statement to make based on two verses in one gospel. And it should comfort us, but I think for many of us who would like to just ignore the uncomfortable, ugly, tension-filled, conflict-driven parts of our lives, pretend like we never fight, that we don't have bad thoughts, that this also draws us to confront what's not so pretty about our lives and our relationships and especially what's happening in, in in our world
0: that's great lori i and i think that that has to do with power right this this uncomfortable thing that well, at least to me, it's, it's uncomfortable. I don't know how to talk about it. I do see it pretty much everywhere. Sometimes I'm grateful for it. Sometimes it makes me incredibly uncomfortable. (laughs) And so I, I wonder what, what does this have to do with power and how does that speak to us with the ways we're seeing power in our world right now?
2: Right. I mean, power is neither good nor bad. It, it, it just is. And and we all have, power and access to power. So we can think about it in a lot of different ways and you all might be able to come up with some definitions of power, but um, money, uh, people, (laughs) influence, um, decision-making, strength or coercion, Um, there's all sorts of different ways power is expressed or, or used. And we're reading a story in scripture that talks about God's power And Jesus is empowered by God's Holy Spirit uh, to to reign in the world in a way that looks vastly different than how we as humans attempt to reign the world, right? And so uh, Jesus doesn't uh, use control or coercion. Jesus doesn't use a weapon or violence. He condones violence. And so this for us really puts us in a pickle. Because this is counterintuitive to the way we navigate life, um, at as humans, or we're taught we should, and yet as Christians, this is this is the demand, and this is what we see unfolding here in the rest of our scripture.
0: I think about the the Holy Spirit also a bit when I think about this power. Last week, when we were talking about Jesus's baptism, we. Focused a lot on on this torn imagery, and this um, and and the power in that the Holy Spirit came down. Um, in this text, we also we you know we hear this language of drove him out into the wilderness, and this power that comes with the the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. That that verse twelve. And it makes me think the Holy Spirit that is probably one of the most complicated things that we talk about in church, the least tangible, really difficult sometimes to understand, and yet in these two texts that we've looked at so far, um, incredible power, and incredible power that's that's absolutely fascinating, and the way that it can it, it shepherds us. It's it's with Jesus in the wilderness. It it drove Jesus out into the wilderness, and yet resides with Jesus in the wilderness, resides with us in the wilderness.
2: Right. And the, and the first thing Jesus does as soon as he gets back from that little episode is to rally the troops. You know, he says it's go time. The time is fulfilled and he, he finds his disciples immediately so that he's in community and in, in that he's no longer at risk as, as a loner per se, but starts navigating um, the halls of power uh with an, with a new message, you know. Um yeah, uh go ahead, Lisa.
1: Lisa, sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you, Lori, but I can't help but think about all this because yes, he does rally his troops and and then they drive out the demon from the man. And do you drive it out with uh brute force or with you know um, weapons or you know, he speaks it out of him, and um, you know that's sort of the way Jesus wielded his his power throughout his ministry was um, with with kindness and with words and with um, and I can't help but you know think about this in light of the fact that um, you know this was the Monday's Martin Luther King holiday and this was exactly the kind of power he lifted up in the civil rights movement, right? That was nonviolent. And it was a way to, you know, speak truth to power using words and peaceful actions. And, um, you know, that's still what we're, we're called to try to do today.
2: Yeah, regardless of, regardless of politics or who you vote for or don't vote for, you can take this scripture And, and funnel it through your heart and your mind, and then pay attention to what's happening in the world around us. And it might help each of us make decisions on how we respond or engage with people we love about what it means to be a person of faith right now. That may be very helpful to them and to us. So we feel less anxiety and we feel Less at risk of being isolated or, or stuck in the wilderness, even though the chaos is ensuing all around us, we we have a template.
3: Yeah, piggy piggybacking on what you're saying, Lori, we have um, a blueprint for life and Jesus' teachings, and using you know this Mark text, it, you know Mark is real specific, like we all keep saying one thing to the next, and and just to reiterate. Jesus confronts evil without violence and without a weapon. And I know most of us are trying to figure out where we should be and what we should be thinking and what a, what a um, profound way to be able to interact with each other and talk to each other.
0: Yeah. And, and Jesus uses words, right? That's what I'm really getting from, from what Lori and Lisa are talking about. Um, and I think about if we go back to what sustains us in the wilderness, maybe the words that we use and the ways that we choose to share those words are one of the things that sustain us. Maybe as we are finding violence and power all around us, maybe we think about the way we choose to use our, our words, our voices, um, and, and and maybe how, how's God, how's the spirit guiding you to use those words? Is it, um, is it to speak out against violent and evil? Is it to reach out to that person on the other corner in the wilderness? Um, I think that's beautiful, Lisa, thinking about the words of love and justice that Jesus used in his life. And maybe if we hold tight to those words in our times of wilderness, um, maybe we'll, we'll feel that love and feel that truth a little bit deeper.
2: Yeah, I, I will say, you know, we as humans were not created and designed to communicate our words fully by text. And email, <laughs> and over the last several months we 've been we 've been shoved into that a, a little bit, and so i 'm challenging myself to make phone calls uh, more than send emails right now that and my email isn 't working that great right? but i 'm realizing that we 're missing we 're missing tone and nuances in in the, in the power behind our voices that um, that we can at least have on, on a telephone through covid but We've, we've pared down our ability to communicate with each other. uh, And that's a simple thing that I'm doing. Are there any last thoughts about how this scripture is stirring in your, in your head or, or your heart? I'd like to say a prayer when the time is right.
0: I do
1: have one last thought, Lori. This is Lisa again um you know as we were having this discussion uh, something my grandmother used to say kept running through my head and it seems so simple but um you know she would say you can catch more flies with honey than vinegar right and i think maybe we all sort of remember that phrase and and she didn't mean it um you know you can't say unkind things to people or you can't speak the truth but it's how you deliver it um and just you know y- there, there is a lot of conflict in our homes, in our city, in our world, in our, wherever it is. And, um, you know, Jesus found a way to speak honestly to people, but with kindness and compassion and love. And, um, that's sort of, you know, I I think of when there's conflict in my own family, um, when we get to yelling, because yes, sometimes the McClinnans get to yelling, but when we get to yelling at each other, that certainly just sort of accelerates the whole thing. Um, but if we can take some, you know, moments to compose ourselves and, and maybe try to have those hard conversations again, whatever we're disagreeing about, um, remembering that we love each other and that we're called to be in community with each other and that we can, speak honestly about what we disagree about, um, with respect and kindness. Um, I don't know. That's.
2: Yeah. It, it's never too late. Never. To back. it's, it's never too late to put your weapon down. Never too late to take a wall down. It, Say it I'm sorry. It doesn't matter if it's been a week or 40 years. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter how long it's been. It's just not too late to turn back. I have a prayer here from written by Stanley Hauerwaltz that spoke to me in regards to this text, but I will ask those of you who are listening, no matter where you are or or who you are, if you're on a walk or in your car or um, wherever you are uh, to just take a minute and think about what this conversation is saying to you personally Um, Who or what is is forcing you into isolation or the wilderness? And how might God be calling you back toward community or toward God? Those are our questions for you today. And we are here to talk with you about that personally. If you want to continue this conversation with one of us. Uh, we pray for you and, and we think about you. And we, as pastors and uh, people who hope to teach and engage uh, our Selwyn community, are here for you, whether you're a member of Selwyn or not. Let us pray. Dear God, you alone know the loneliness and thus the terror of our lives. Indeed, you know us better than we can know ourselves. Give us your knowledge. Give us your knowledge of us so that we might not be so alone. Be with those who seem simply lost, abandoned, alienated from friends and from you. Heal us with your unrelenting hospitality so that we are capable of breaking through the splendid isolation we create, which we call freedom and power. Help us to be touched and be able to touch without violence. We know that is possible only because you have touched us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for that. Amen. Go in peace, and we hope we see you at church at 1030 on Facebook Live.